Hey teachers, I'm Carly Walton, and this is the Teach Music Online podcast, your number one resource for innovative online music teaching. In today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you 10 tips for avoiding online teaching exhaustion. Many of you have recently switched to teaching your students online. And no matter your age or your level of tech ability, you've likely felt some major exhaustion in trying to learn everything that you need to learn. Maybe before COVID-19, you had never taught online lessons before. You might be feeling like the technology, the webcams, adding second cameras, all of the video calling software and apps, maybe that's been overwhelming to you. You're also trying to incorporate a lot of new ideas and methods for teaching your students online. Maybe you have a lot of beginner students who may or may not be a little bit distracted during your online lessons and that feels overwhelming to you. You likely have been able to always demonstrate in person and teaching online, you're trying to figure out how to demonstrate now in an online setting. No matter what it is, I hope to be able to offer some positive insight for you today. I've been teaching online for several years and I know that the transition is so far from easy. I applaud you for making this transition, especially if it was something that you were not planning to do. Maybe you never thought that you would teach online, you were comfortable and you were happy doing however you were doing lessons before this pandemic. Just know that I think that you are amazing and I know that even though it's a challenge, all of the skills that you're learning and everything that you're learning how to incorporate right now is only going to benefit you in the future, whether or not you teach online or in person. So here we go, let's dive into 10 tips for avoiding exhaustion. Number one is to get a comfortable chair. Did you know you don't have to sit on a piano bench if you're teaching piano? You don't have to do that. You can get an office chair, something that swivels. You can use it to turn and face your computer for a moment and then turn back to your piano. Whatever you're teaching, get a comfortable chair so that you have a little bit more support for your back throughout the day as you're teaching. Also, I'll add to that that you could stand during your lessons. You can stand whenever you want if you need to give yourself a little bit of a a break from sitting or if you don't have a good chair to sit on while you're teaching. Number two, schedule regular breaks or don't schedule more than four students in a row. You cannot teach 10 students in a row or 12 students in a row. It is, it's, it is really hard to be online all day long without any breaks at all. So I suggest building in those breaks. Well, how do you do that if you have students back-to-back or 30-minute lessons? Something that I would consider as you are moving into scheduling students in the fall or whenever you get a new student is consider doing 40-minute lessons and schedule them 10 minutes apart. So you have lessons every lessons that last for 40 minutes long and then you start the next student 10 minutes later or even 20 minutes later. So you only have a student every hour on the hour if possible. I promise it'll be worth it to you even if you have to spread your lessons out or teach on a day that you wouldn't normally teach on. Having them more spread out is going to enable you time to go get a a snack or to 
call a student if you need to, if you need to reschedule things or work on your business in between. It's just so much better to be able to do that in between lessons. If you are okay with teaching students back to back, then I I suggest no more than four in a row. So for example, if you have 30 minute lessons, you could teach students from eight o'clock to 10 o'clock, then have a 30 minute break and start again at 10.30, go from 10.30 to 12.30, have that half hour break. And that's just going to save you a lot and it's going to help you get reorganized and replanned for the students you have coming up. Number three is to stretch during the lesson and stand up. Something that I do all the time is I I use Zoom for my teaching and I will just turn my video off and I stand up. Sometimes I stretch. I actually sometimes will use a scarf and hold it up and use that to kind of, I hold it with both hands. I wish I could show you, but you can't see me. I'll hold it with both hands, put my arms in the air and use it to stretch out my back. That's something that I learned when I was going to Berkeley from one of my piano professors and a chiropractor there when I was getting a lot of back pain from practicing so much. If you just grab a scarf or like a sweater or a towel, hold it in the air and just stretch a little bit, it it relieves a lot of that tension in your back. You can do that during your lesson. You can still listen to the student playing their song, reviewing a piece, doing their sight reading, whatever it is they're doing, you can turn off your video and do whatever you need to do. The student doesn't know and they likely, they don't care that you need to stretch a little bit during your lesson. So I actually think that that's a positive thing about online teaching is you're able to turn your video off if you need to disappear from the camera for a second and do some stretching. Number four, close your eyes and listen to the student play. A lot of teachers are talking about eye strain with online teaching. It totally makes sense. You are staring at a screen all day long. There's been a lot on the internet about Zoom exhaustion with everybody who is on Zoom and video calls and meetings all day long. Something I'd invite you to do is to close your eyes. Just listen. If you don't want your student to know you're closing your eyes, you can turn your video off. But teachers, when your student is playing a piece, they're not looking at you. So it's okay. You can close your eyes and just listen if you if you don't mind not seeing their hands for a moment or seeing their posture for a moment. Give yourself a little bit of a break from staring at that device. I try to do that once or twice a lesson during for an entire song. And in the long run, if you're doing that multiple times throughout the day, that does actually save a lot of that strain that you might get from staring at your screens. Number five is to turn your computer to night setting to help with eye strain. You could also get the blue light glasses from Amazon and you can wear those if you are having that issue with the color of the screen being so blue. You can get the glasses or you can have, you can download an app called Flux, F-L-U-X. That's the one I have and normally it's set to change the color of my screen to an orange color around 10 p.m. When I'm teaching, I actually just turn it on and that actually helps a lot. The color or that 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 temperature color can cause headaches if it's blue all the time. So it switches it to a warmer, softer color, and that actually helps a lot with headaches. So that app is called Flux. I have a MacBook Pro and it works great for that. Or you can get those computer glasses from Amazon. A lot of people are using them now because we're all online. Number six is to talk less and ask more questions. Save your voices, teachers. You do not, there's no reason for you to lose your voice over your lessons. You don't need to do that. So so save your voice a little bit more. When you're feeling tension in your throat or when you feel like I just can't talk anymore, pause 
take a drink and ask your student a question. What kind of what kinds of questions should you be asking? Well, ask questions if it's at the beginning of a lesson. Ask them about their week. Spend some time getting to know them a little bit. Ask them which piece was the most challenging for them and why. If they just reviewed a song, ask them to play it again or to play that last line again or maybe give them some time to memorize a line of the song. Ask them questions about musicality, about dynamics, about key signatures, whatever it is, finding ways to engage them with questions is going to make it so you don't have to talk as much and your student is participating more, which is a huge positive. Number seven is introduce a sight reading activity in the middle of the lesson. Sight reading can be done with any piece of music. One thing that I learned when I was attending Berkeley, I had a professor who was an amazing sight reader. I, I've always been fairly good at sight reading, but I'm not, I, I can't read anything. I can get by pretty well with a lot of piano music, but when I saw him sight read, I just, like he could pull out some classical literature, really challenging thing, music that he hadn't played before and play as though he had learned it and performed it. And I asked him for some sight reading tips. And this is a little bit of a side story, but I, I think it's fun for, fun to hear anyway. What he suggested was to go to the library and get Broadway books and musicals and go through a new Broadway book every day. So I spent an hour a day for several months, I think an entire semester or even like six months, going through Broadway books every day and you just turn pages. You're just reading, reading, reading new material every single day. And I am, I cannot tell you how much better I got at sight reading in just that short time being very persistent about how much I was sight reading every single day made a huge difference. Now I am adamant about my students sight reading. So in the middle of our lesson, we pull out music that is either their level that they aren't using currently, or we sometimes even use a previous method book from the year before, or a siblings book or a song book that they're just not using. We get it out and we sight read through three songs. They go very slow and I have them just reading new music. Now it takes five minutes, but I love it. And I'm teaching my students how to do this during the week so that they actually do that every single day of the week as well. So including this in the middle of your lesson allows you a little bit of time to regain your sense of what you want to share with the student that day. If you need to pull out some materials for them, if you need to email something over to the parent or make some quick notes, you can do that while they're doing their sight reading and you're not talking, which is one of the biggest strains or causes of exhaustion. Number eight, get your materials ready at the beginning of the day versus when the lesson begins. I suggest scheduling 20 minutes or even a half an hour before your first lesson to Open all of your digital music for the entire day. If you don't already have your music organized in Google Drive, you should be doing that. I even, to make it easier, have a folder with each student's name on it, and I can copy the music into that folder so that the students, all of the students' music is just ready for me to go. I just open it up and I have it ready to go. Also doing this is going to save you that time during their lesson saying, okay, just give me a second while I get your music out. It's just easier to have all of it open and ready to go at the beginning. Number nine is use YouTube videos to reinforce what you're teaching. This is one that so many teachers have been doing lately. I am going to link for you my YouTube channel. I have more than 600 
instructional videos using the Piano Adventures series, and you can use these videos during your lessons to demonstrate if you need to go grab a drink or run to the bathroom, why don't you grab that link, share it through your video calling software, so you can share it in the chat and they can click on it and watch it themselves, or you can share your screen and just make sure you're also sharing your computer audio so that they're gonna hear the best audio from that video, not the audio from your microphone, but it's sharing straight to their device. So always check that box to share computer audio and let your student watch that video once or twice. I always have the student looking at the music and even holding a pencil and following along while they listen. And then I have them listen to it a second time and circle dynamics or write questions for me if they have any questions. So that saves me some time and not having to demonstrate while I love demonstrating. It's hard to do that all day long throughout every lesson. So you can absolutely use YouTube videos. I will link my YouTube channel and if I don't have the video, then it's likely somebody else on YouTube has recorded it or performed the piece that you're introducing to your students. So Take a look, and if it's not on YouTube, then that's something that you could record. You could start recording a library of instructional videos if there are some supplementary books you really enjoy using, or if you've composed your own pieces, record them and put them up on YouTube, public or unlisted, they don't have to be public, just so that you have access to them and you can share them during the lesson. Number 10, don't be a perfectionist. Focus on progression and growth. I say this because a lot of the time as teachers, we have an agenda. We know that the student is capable of so much. We see their potential. We know they could work harder. We know they could work faster. We know they could be learning this amazing music. But that's not what it's always about. Is there a time and season for that? Absolutely. If they're preparing for an exam, of course. If you're preparing for a recital, yes. But every single lesson does not have to be a well-run or a well-oiled machine. We don't have to do everything perfect or in order. We can listen to the student. We can pay attention to their body language. We can see if they're feeling anxious and we can pull out an app or a theory lesson or some sight reading activities or a composition activity if we see that the student is not engaged. And I just, I wanna give you permission to do that. If you were trained another way, in a very traditional way that worked for you, that's just fine. But times are a little different now. And I think that there is so much more room for innovation and ways to connect with the student on a different level than just being this task master teacher. Now, I say that as coming from experience. I have I have been that teacher. I was trained classically. I had some incredible teachers who pushed me really hard. And in college, I had some amazing teachers as well. But what I've learned as a teacher is that's, that that is not exactly what every student needs or wants. And it's not how every student is able to connect with you. Every once in a while, I've, I have a student that is that is remarkable and I can tell needs that extra side of me and that's when I bring that out. So whatever that means for you, just find a good balance with all of the students that you teach. Do what feels right and ultimately always make sure that your students are feeling connected with and motivated to learn. I hope that one of those 10 tips resonated with you. I'm going to run through them really quickly again. If you are at a place where you can write some of these down, then do so. If not, I will put them in the show notes and they will also be on the website, teachmusic.online, if you want to look at them there. So here are the 10 tips one more time. Number one, get a comfortable chair. Number two, schedule regular breaks. Number three, stretch during your lessons. 
Number four, close your eyes occasionally. Number five, turn your computer night setting on using the app Flux or using glasses. Number six, talk less and ask more questions. Number seven, introduce a sight reading activity in the middle of the lesson. Number eight, get your materials ready at the beginning of the day. Number nine, use videos to demonstrate. Number 10, don't be a perfectionist. Thank you so much for listening. I want to just tell you that I think you're incredible. Your students love you and appreciate all of the hard work you're putting into creating an online studio that is wonderful and filled with music that is inspiring for them. Keep up the good work. If you are looking for more resources, head over to teachmusic.online where I have webinars running as well as a free mini course that you can sign up for. Also, if you're not in our Facebook community yet, please head over to Teach Music Online and join our free community with more than 7,000 music teachers from around the globe. It is a happening place right now. Teachers are sharing advice and ideas for their studios, for recitals, for working with students. We would love to see you over there. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We have a new episode every single Monday. Thank you so much, teachers, and happy teaching.